0: Hello, it's Lee Salisbury here, seeing as it's Christmas. I'm full of merriment, and I thought I'd give you a bonus edition of Soap in the Box, the TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of your biggest TV shows EastEnders, Coronation Streets, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Home and Away, and Neighbours. This guy, my guest today, made such an impression in EastEnders when he played Grey. It is Toby Alexander Smith. Hope you're having a great build up to Christmas. Put this on as you go Christmas present shopping or just as you sit by the Christmas tree and sip a Baileys. Enjoy. It was soon revealed after he joined as husband of Chantel that his character Grey was a domestic abuser. To the unaware eye, he appeared a loving husband and committed father, but his charm was a front for the power and control he exerted. He went on not just to kill Chantel, but anyone who was a threat to his real self coming out, Tina and Kush. Went to the Albert Square graveyard with Chelsea and Whitney coming pretty close. I directed where he worked, of course, but missed him. And in real life, he's a very nice guy who has recently become a dad with partner Amy Walsh, who I work side by side with on Emmerdale. It's a pleasure to welcome Toby Alexander Smith. Hello,
1: Toby. Hello there. Thanks very much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. Now, we're going to get to this amazing campaign in a minute. But first of all, how is being a dad? How's Amy? How's being a dad?
1: It's great. Thanks very much. It's got its uh, highs and its lows, and its uh, the tough times are tough, and the the magic times are wonderful. So,
0: yeah. Are you sleeping? Is the main question. <laughs>
1: um, we are kind of sleeping.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. Well, you're here to talk very about a very important campaign. It's the third year anniversary of this. It's YSL Beauty's global program. Abuse is not love. Raising awareness of the signs of abuse which we'll talk a lot about. I mean, when you, we'll get to that campaign, when you got your job in EastEnders, I'm, I'm sure they probably spell out what the plan was for your character.
1: Yeah, they did. I mean, I knew I was going in to do a domestic abuse storyline. I had no idea in terms of the narrative and the art that it was going to be. Um, and sort of exploration of Grey's character in the terms of, you know, we all are as a society very much conditioned to having this one dimensional view of what uh, an abusive person is and what their behavior is. And with Gray Atkins, they really explored that spectrum of behaviors in an abusive person, which I think um, ties in so well with this campaign. Uh, with yeah. YSL.
0: yeah, it's not its not how people might perceive it, is it? You know, it can come in varying shapes and sizes, these people. And it, like you said, from the outside, you wouldn't have known really about Gray's inner, what went on. I mean, and that is obviously, uh, that's something out there that people need to be more aware of, I suppose.
1: Absolutely, and I think, like I said earlier, we've been conditioned into thinking there's just one type of abusive behaviour. But particularly for the younger generation coming through, there are so many signs—well, um, uh, nine signs within this campaign—that um, are, I guess, things that need to be highlighted, and those red flags need to be um, understood by, by particularly, like I say, the younger generation, because otherwise, it's going to be, continue to sort of be intergenerational that these sort of this behaviour just goes.
0: Um, and, and, and yes. totally and we're going to we're going to give everyone those nine signs actually in a bit just come back to EastEnders though first I mean when you was it a hard decision to take obviously a brilliant way to get this kind of to, to get this out to the world but then as an actor I'm sure you probably got a lot of abuse probably quite a hard choice to make knowing that you would have to take the flack as an actor for that as well
1: It was, but equally at the same time, I didn't, I had no sort of expectation of what it was going to be or the kind of impact it was going to have. I mean, I sort of auditioned for this part, knowing they were going to do this domestic abuse storyline, not having a clue of the sort of effect it was going to have. Um, So when people started sort of speaking out and shouting out online on social media and things like that, it was quite shocking to start with, but... Obviously, that was just because they felt so betrayed that they have been sort of lured into this full sense of security with this wonderful, happy, happy, lovely family that they're thinking, oh, well, this new, wonderful family that we could love on Albert Square. Lo and behold, obviously, they didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. So, like I say, when that reveal happened, uh, the noise was very, very loud on social media. People had a lot to say, but it was actually quite um, incredible to see how quickly people were jumping on to sort of calling out that behaviour and how acceptable it was and how disgusted they were at Grey. And there was a little bit of confusion at the start. People struggling to differentiate between actor and Toby, but I think they got their got there in the end got there so. in
0: the end and it shows how what brilliant job you guys were doing by the fact that people oh, reacted in such you. a way and you worked obviously closely in this campaigns with women's aid as well you worked closely with women's aid when you made these tender storyline i how how important was i mean i know from working on soap how important and how important they take it to get the story right and so it appeals to everyone out there um how close did you work with
1: women's aid when you did these tenders it was pretty much for me from the get go, as soon as I knew that it was going to be a domestic abuse storyline, I did reach out to Teresa Parker at Women's Aid. And, you know, I was just very aware that it was going to be such a sensitive story storyline. And there's a due diligence to, to get something like that right. Um, and I felt that myself, you know, I had an awareness of domestic abuse, but I knew that I needed to further educate myself if I was going to do the storyline justice. And, you know, I was reading these scenes and... So many of them seem so far-fetched and I couldn't quite fathom this behavior. And obviously, as a, from an acting point of view, you want to make this character as human as possible. And so the research that I did and the chats that I was having with Teresa just um, just confirmed to me that actually that type of behavior is happening day in, day out in houses, um, within relationships. And so that really helps me just to keep the character real and, and you know, as human as possible. And
0: since you've done it, I mean, is there anything, I mean, probably a lot has shocked you and, you know, it does shock us. Is there a, is there anything that really surprised you about what might happen at home or people that might do that? I mean, is there something you didn't think uh, was possible?
1: Um, well, I mean, it was awful. I remember there was a scene where um, Grey makes his um, wife um, go under the bath and stay under the water for a set amount of time. and And I, at the time, again, thought that was quite far-fetched. And lo and behold, actually, there was a case study where that had happened to someone uh, quite wow. recently. And I just thought there's just, it's just no end. It's just it's, just it's shocking.
0: Just, yeah. And to the normal mind, you can't actually com- commute it, can you? Um, and the, cli- no. I mean, the climax of the Chantel story, I mean, I watched it, it was absolutely incredibly done. It was over lockdown, yeah. though, which, again, obviously such a powerful <laughs> episode and, and such a, you know, such a horrendous time for people suffering, I think, wasn't lockdown.
1: It really, really was. And I think that's one of the reasons why it had such a big impact was because obviously um, over those months where people were locked down, the stats just went absolutely through the roof and it sort of opened a whole new sort of toolkit for abusive men out there, Um, you know, with the whole not being able to leave the house and things like that and just tactics that were just sickening. And it was very, very prevalent at the time. And so I think that's why it had such a big impact um, with the viewers because there was just so much... Um, news and awareness around it at the time um but yeah i, I really do think um lockdown just made that made it so all worse, more... and at least
0: though yeah, like we absolutely. said these big stories, what the great thing about soap is, which I always said when I worked on it, is you know people watch these programs day in day out, so it feels like part of their life, so I think there's no other pa- more powerful way to get it across than a soap actually. I think it's what soap absolutely. does best.
1: I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're in people's living rooms four, five, six times a week and and there's a relatability to it. It's not like necessarily going to the cinema where it's escapism. People uh, really connect to it because you're within their homes. And so that's why I think these storylines and stuff really just hit home so much harder.
0: Them films and you must have been exhausted though, mate. Because obviously playing a star, I know you know when you're in a big storyline. Anyway, for anyone who doesn't know, you like you can be on set for twelve hours a day and playing something so heavy. I mean, it must have been exhausting for you.
1: It was, to be honest. I mean, it, I had to really sort of learn to find pockets of air to just sort of yeah. come out of it. There's no, there was no way you could stay in character the whole time. It was just impossible. And like you say, when you're doing twelve hour days, that it just wasn't sustainable. And obviously the point we were doing that part of the storyline the sort of culmination of it um i've been playing Grey for quite a long time at that point so i had to learn how to learn how to sort of tap into oh, it quite quickly yeah, um yeah. yeah exactly and also just for your own mental health sanity. As well, going yeah. home and sanity and you know there was definitely a heaviness that came with playing that that uh, i had to just be very aware of that i sort of really did manage to shake it off when i left so do people still give you a second glance now? Do you know what I mean, you you
0: oh, you were already in the EastEnders for two years, but I mean, it was such a prolific character. Do you, are you still feeling that connection to EastEnders quite heavily?
1: I think uh, I still get recognised a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, it was March that I left. And, you know, even yesterday I was out and about and someone came up to me and said, you know, uh, you grey from EastEnders. And I think the funny thing is people seem quite shocked when they see me as if I should be in prison. Like they're quite <laughs> yeah, surprised yeah. to see me walking around a garden centre. They're thinking, why aren't, you, why aren't you locked up? Yeah, they um, suddenly get
0: really so, worried. They're like, oh my God, he's out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a sign that it's sort of, re- that storyline did resonate with so many people and I think a lot of people did see that. And Like you say, for the time that I was in there, um, it just happened to have a lot of traction and so because of that, I think people do still sort of see me out and about and just, obviously sort of have that recognition of grey and the storyline.
0: Yeah, I think you'll have it for you. Nina Wadia said to me on my podcast, like she, I mean, it's about 10, it's about 12 years now and she's still, she still gets oh, people blimey. going, oh, do you know what's happening with your daughter? She's like, no, I've got no idea. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get to the campaign you're here to talk about. So YSL in connection with Women's Aid are highlighting the warning signs to look out for. And there are nine warning signs to look out for. Now, should we just highlight to everyone what these are? Do you know what they are?
1: Absolutely, I do. Yes. So um, the nine signs to look out for uh, for are uh, ignoring, blackmailing, humiliation, manipulation, jealousy, control, intrusion, isolation and intimidation. Yes,
0: they are the nine And lots of those which I suppose... I mean, some of those are really, you know, but well, the, the biggest one, jealousy. So, I mean, the facts that in the research that's been done, 57% of people said they do experience jealousy. The quite shocking thing is 22% think that's a sign of love. Um, yeah. And jealousy is that strange one. I suppose I've been there when I've been in partnerships with jealousy. And you actually do feel like, like you do. I get that. I get the fact that you think, oh, they, they care for me so much. So it's a it's that worrying line, I suppose, of where it crosses. Totally.
1: Absolutely. I think you know I've actually had this conversation with someone from women's aid because I said, obviously jealousy in itself uh, is a human emotion. You know, children, we get jealous of things. yeah, you know. yeah. Um, yeah totally. its it, it's yeah, exactly. It's how that jealousy manifests itself within somebody and what it then leads on after that, and how it sort of changes their behavior, I think. The shocking thing I found reading the research was uh,
0: it's women aged 16 to 34 that are most at risk. I never would have thought it was it was so young, actually.
1: Well, I think the thing is, you know, that sort of um, generation are being exposed to so much things on social media and television, yeah, true. And,
0: yeah. you know,
1: without naming any shows in particular. No, I'll watch things on TV and I'll call out behaviour and say that isn't acceptable, but however... It's being celebrated. That person is getting millions of followers and it's just going completely under the radar and that is depicting for that sort of generation in particular where they're most sort of uh, informed when they're watching things that that's what love should be and that's what a relate, healthy relationship looks like when in fact it's the complete opposite.
0: Complete opposite that's a really important point point. and I think I mean again we don't want to name the shows I'm sure we can think of what they are in our heads but shows that are celebrating the kind of behaviour that I was brought up thinking was wrong and it is wrong but now these people are becoming hugely famous for portraying that behaviour something needs to Absolutely. change doesn't it?
1: No it really really does I mean like I say I'm a father and in sort of 15, let's say, years' time, my daughter could be having relationships, and I want to know that she's going to be having healthy relationships, you know, because like I say, this is a constant loop. It's intergenerational, and something's got to give now to stop it for those future generations, and that's why I feel very passionate about um you know fighting for this getting this the message course.
0: across yeah and it is absolutely. really important and it's brilliant you're doing it of what person do it and uh, that ysl BT, and women's aid are releasing expect respect toolkit which is out now i'm guessing this is going around schools and everywhere just to kind of get this message get the nine signs out there for people
1: absolutely i think they're you know they just want to sort of have the biggest reach that they can possibly have and i think education in schools is a massive one and i've said this before that that's Somewhere that is just so accessible to sort of introducing that into schools around the country and just start teaching what healthy relationships look like, and hopefully, you know, this campaign will do will do exactly that. Yeah,
0: and I think you need to get in there young now. You know, like everything. I mean, we yes. we 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 heard nothing about anything like this at school. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think we even have education at school, but uh, that's how old I am. But yeah, really important now to get it out there. So brilliant. Now, just back to Gray. I mean, what did you what did you learn from being? It is so playing a role that prolific. I mean, what's ne- what's next for you? Have you kind of decided to go somewhere totally different?
1: I mean, I don't think I'll be playing any um villainous characters anytime soon. I think something a bit sort of bit lighter, something yeah. comedic would be quite nice, to be honest. Um it was very, very heavy. Uh and it was, you know, the best and hardest role uh, you know, that I've done and um it, it's quite hard to know what to do next really because you kind of it's almost like how do you beat playing characters like that I, I know like, yeah all, it's, you've set the bar a, high just such a scope of things to play um but we'll see we'll see uh we'll see what happens
0: and just I have to pick up on the close bond you had with Whitney actually because that was a really interesting relationship wasn't it the most interesting I think the fact that she's a big pivotal camera she kind of sussed him out but it was still a kind of there was an interesting relationship there and that's i I suppose it shows how complicated these people are in real life as well
1: totally i mean with with gray and whitney there was very much a point where there was you know strong feelings involved and that muddied the water for whitney because you know all these things that she was hearing all these speculations she might have had gray was a master manipulator and he knew how to you know sort of shut down those speculations he knew how to put on this facade this prince charming this you know i am provider i'm a good father you know i can give you a happy life and that's that's what he did you know that's what he knew how to do best um you know so i think she fell into that but then she's so whitney is so savvy um that she quite quickly then managed to sort of dust it off and actually saw gray for who he really was was obviously one of the main culprits for for bringing bring gray down and mean gray down and what is
0: What an end it was. That was brilliant. Um, Anyway, you were born in Staffordshire in 1991. Just go, just a bit. This is your life. Did you always want to act? Has this been your like dream, dream job forever?
1: It's not. You know, I came to it quite late in the day. I was actually always quite shy, quite reserved. Um, I was probably about 15, 16, and it was actually singing that I did first in front of an audience. And then that sort of got the juices flowing. That was the kind of catalyst that made me. Oh, wow, if you okay, were shy, experience... singing
0: I think is more nerve wracking
1: than acting. In yeah, front of an it was. Actually... It went right in the deep end. <laughs> well, I, I play piano, and so I was playing in the school band, and like there was a school trip that was happening. So my music teacher said, "Look, we need someone to sing. Uh, love is in the air, uh, Toby. You're going to do it." And I was like, "Well, I don't sing." And she was like, mm, "Yeah, well, that's fine." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> end of conversation. And so I ended up singing with the school band in front of an audience people just started saying wow you've you've got you've got a good voice and then i had mates who were doing the school show so that year i auditioned for the school show and yeah i mean the rest was literally history i found that thing i feel very grateful for that i was like this is the thing that i want to do for the rest of my life nothing could ever compared to that feeling before for me so
0: Amazing. And thank God you're really good at acting as well. So that worked out. Obviously, obviously you are good at singing if, you, if, if you're if getting told that. Now, we're going to end with a little quiz. Now, I know you won't know the answers, really. It's a, a bit of fun. An EastEnders quiz throwing us back in time. So uh first question is, I know, how many wives has Ian Bill had? Just make a guess.
1: Oh, God. 30? <laughs> no, 30 wives? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say, he's had a lot, though,
0: hasn't he? I'd say five. Oh, near four. 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 Yeah. Four. Um, what was Enders almost called? This is quite cool. I didn't know this. This is a bit of knowledge. Do you know any of the uh, four names it was going to be called?
1: It. Oh, right. I was going to take an educated guess. I was going to say, like, Albert Square. Oh,
0: that I mean, that would have be been good. It's I suppose the, it was going to be called E8, which was the postcode, which I suppose. The, yeah. This one's awful. Square Dance. Oh, it wouldn't have worked. Square Dance. Square Dance. Round the Square wow. was another. And London Pride. Don't think any of those were great. Interesting. Um, what did Doc Cotton wear at Christmas on the show for 28 years? A, the same dress, B, the same knickers, or C, the same necklace?
1: Uh, I would say the same necklace.
0: Yeah, it was the same dress, actually, but kind of. Ah. And June Brown, I mean, I work with June a lot. She was amazing for this, uh, like ah. n- knowing exactly what dot com would do. Um, and June Brown episode, by the way, everyone is on the 12th of December uh, celebrating June on the show. Um, and finally, uh, the most married woman to have lived in Albert Square, also married four times.
1: I would say Catslater.
0: No, Pat Butcher oh, uh, so you did terribly toby but it's fine uh, that is really embarrassing, isn't it? it's,
1: it's a good job I've left the show I'm bringing shame upon each <laughs> really
0: no no one no no one in eastenders would know that no one in eastenders would know that so uh the expect the expect respect toolkit so with YSL Beauty and women's Aid I mean what are you kind of what's your one message to people out there?
1: I think it's the openness to educate themselves and have conversations um. And just be be just aware of those signs in particular and just sort of um, just keep an eye out within friends and relationships. And like I say, just, you know, be willing to have those conversations.
0: Yeah, because the research showed actually there's, I think it was 20-something percent of people just wouldn't feel comfortable talking with anyone. And the fact is, that's the key, isn't it? You just need to talk to someone. There's people yes. out there, women's aid, there's, if it's not someone you need, if you you want to, you know, relay this to someone you know, there's people out there that you can speak to. And you've spoken to women's absolutely. aid, you know how amazing they are.
1: They are. No, absolutely. They are absolutely fantastic. And they are just there, you know, 24-7. And they are just so happy to speak to anyone who wants to reach out to them.
0: So well, it's been brilliant to have you on the show, mate. Thank you for coming on. That's a
1: pleasure. And Thank you very uh, much for having me.
0: Uh, look out for what you're up to, whatever that is. And I mean, what we said at the beginning of this little section works out because I tried to end on an East by an East Enders cast member who's had a good song out, and there's actually none. I mean, Sid Owen oh it's pretty so and so i would have had you doing a live rendition if you told me you can sing but we won't go i know, see. Won't, you know maybe maybe next time maybe next time you maybe we'll do a christmas concert or something but toby alexander yeah. thank you mate thanks for coming on Thank you so much to Toby Alexander-Smith for being my special guest on this bonus edition of Soap from the Box. I am back next week with two Christmas specials, Marty McCutcheon and Dame Arlene Phillips in a TV special. All for you, all for Christmas. See you next week.